Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk. And on this episode, I am again joined by the one only Tom, Mr. Shrouded Hand, because we had such uh, good feedback last time, uh, talking about all strings strange and weird, that we thought, why not do another episode on uh, some weird goblin and strange things? So, uh, without further ado, hello Tom. Hello. Thanks for having me back. That's all right. I'm excited uh, to talk about goblins. Yeah. I thought, well, you know, uh, got to get you back and talk about some uh, weird stuff. We are, yeah, we've got some weird stuff, some <laughs> weird goblin encounters. I thought, um, well, you know, why not get you back on, have a chat about it and, and see where it goes. But before we before we do that, what have you been up to lately? What have you been doing? Oh, I've had a right old time. I turned 40 last month. Yep. And I had all these plans, got COVID right before my birthday. Last few weeks, I've just been ill, lying around. That was my birthday and the weeks after it. And then uh, I went away to the Lake District for a week. By the time I'd recovered, I I recovered just in time to go away to the lakes and just had a nice time in a random cabin in the the middle of nowhere on a farm. That's pretty much where I'm at now. Sounds fun. So... A cabin in the middle of nowhere. That sounds uh, that sounds like the beginning of something that could turn into something amazing or something quite terrifying. Yeah, and you know what? I was I I took this book with me that I picked up in a charity shop. I didn't know anything about it. It just looked cool from the cover. It was a book called Starve Acre, and I forget the author. I started reading it. It's a horror story about someone who's staying on the Peak District in a cabin in like a little hut in the middle of nowhere. The way the story describes the place, it sounded almost exactly like little hut that I was staying in. I think they're staying in more of a house, but just the way they described the surroundings and they just made it seem really eerie. So I was sat at night, and you know what it's like when you're in one of these places in the, yeah. in the middle of nowhere where you look out the window and there's just nothing. There's no lights or anything. It's just darkness. And I'm sitting there reading this horror story unfold in this set in this setting it's almost exactly like where i'm staying yeah it's quite an experience interesting one staring into the void the void of darkness yeah mm-hmm. I've, I've been in a few places like that and uh it's a bit unsettling but also uh it's kind of nice because you know that there's uh, if there's anyone out there you, you you're likely going to see them if they got a talk but yeah, uh, yeah but yeah i i think that um it's funny you say that I, when you you were telling me about this book i it immediately, uh, I think it was a film, maybe correct me if I'm right or wrong, but wasn't there a film or a, a story somewhere about a guy that bought a book and when he read the book, he was in the same situation. As he read the book, those things were happening to him. Uh, was it? I can't remember. I, I seem to remember a Will Ferrell film that's something like that. He, he wakes up and he starts hearing like a narrator. It's, uh, it's as he read the book. Then, and he read like, you know, there was something outside. They, he then experienced it a short while. And as the book, the book was the, the book was the catalyst for what he was experiencing. It was a, yeah, that rings a, a bell. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is. Maybe one of our listeners can, uh, uh message us and comment. Yeah. Was, there, there might be a few films like that. Yeah. Know? It sounds like the sort of thing where there might be a few sort of concept. It's like a concept that could be used in a lot of films. Hmm. So you, uh, one other thing I was going to say, you've uh, kind of got a little bit back into your uh, YouTube gaming lately, haven't you? Well, because I've been unwell, I've, I just found it, it's something nice to do to sort of kick back and just, it's just easy to put on OBS and record myself playing some games and it's it's nice and relaxing and it's also a way to get some sort of video that I can put up on YouTube because, mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I like doing my usual content, but it's, it's quite, um, I guess... It can be a bit sort of uh, exhausting doing all the research mm, and then yeah. all the editing. It takes me, you know, ten days or so to to get a video out. But it's just I just found just found it like I was getting frustrated that I wasn't able to get video like content out as quick as I wanted to, and it was just a nice way to do a a, a quick and easy video and just have fun at the same time. So yeah, I've been recording some some games on my gaming channel. Yeah. It's quite small. Not many people know about it, but, uh, yeah. Well, I will definitely, uh, put a link in with this, uh, episode because it, it, it's very, uh, it's a little bit ASMR. It's a little bit relaxing. Yeah. You sort of thing, as you say, you can, uh, do it, you know, listen to it while you're, you know, reading the newspaper or whatever. But 
yeah i'll definitely put a link in i think uh, there's a lot of listeners out there that would uh like to check that out yeah come check it out i'm playing a bit of bit of manhunt a bit of dwarf fortress and and whatever, whatever weird games i'm finding yeah but before we run away from the computer era don't you mm-hmm. think that um games like that have a certain vintage to them a certain yeah they they've they were the first time those kind of games were done and obviously you know we've got lots of horror games around now and they're much more graphically scary but back then it was more about the story wasn't it or just the atmosphere like i've just done i don't know if, i don't know if you've seen the video i put out today but it's where i go back and look at some of the games from like 1982 and just how they create a horror atmosphere in a game without any way of like you know not even really anything on screen half the time it's just like in one of them you're just running around a maze and it's just the text along the bottom telling you that there's a a t-rex coming to get you and how they build an atmosphere with such a limited um bit of technology Mm -hmm. and i like going back and looking at these old games and yeah, I, I'm interested in horror in gaming and what how they create these atmospheres, and I like seeing um, just how they've done it over the years. Uh, I'm thinking about going back and doing like a year by year, each each year looking at, you know, take picking a year and then looking at horror games from that era and seeing how they progress over time. To me, it reached its like its peak in sort of like ninety. I don't know what it, what time was it like ninety six ninety seven was that when like the Resident Evil games started to come out yeah the late nineties that was kind of the era of the 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 sort of mid late nineties you kind of when the sixteen bit console was started and you had the everyone was writing games it was like a gaming explosion now, I was a I was a PC gamer um, in the early nineties and obviously the the era of voodoo cards and stuff like that and playing doom and those kind of games and Mm -hmm. and then i got attracted to you know the 16-bit console but it was a Mm -hmm. it was a more of a instant gaming fix for me i could go and buy a cartridge uh, put it in and play it and it was a game whatever uh and i had a load of them i I would buy in games and and of course as as a lot of people might think it's a bit weird now back then in a video library you could also hire games so you could go to your yeah. local video library and hire a game for a weekend so you didn't need to buy any games i i bought games but i also what i would do is hire a game play it for two days and think am i going to spend 40 quid on this and it mm-hmm. might be rubbish or it might be great but i kind of got into the console side of it and then on the back end of you know when we had the video game crash and everybody started you know the arcades fell apart the arcades disappeared and and then kind of pcs came back and then of course the xboxes came and it all changed Mm -hmm. and everybody was kind of copying everyone else but in those early years the growing of the video console and the pc and the video console gaming and that i think it was amazing time it was a bit of a golden years for those kind of games and because nobody had done them before nobody had done those kind of games before I feel like when when it made the transition from 16-bit to 32-bit and it was like the PlayStation came out and they still didn't really know how to do like 3D gaming. Yeah. You know, it's still finding its feet. I feel like a lot of games like that, like Resident Evil, Silent Hill, because it was sort of in a slightly experimental era and they, they hadn't like, I don't know, there's a lot of like horror gaming. There's a lot of like stereotypical horror tropes that are in gaming now which back then it was still finding its feet and they were still putting it was still quite fresh and new and a lot of these uh like when survival horror came out and it was a new concept it all felt a lot more fresh and resident evil uh they were fun to play uh but it was the more pc kind of horror-esque kind of games where you were in a house or you were in a place where you were looking around and trying to find your way out or whatever and even today, yeah. some of those indie games that are made, uh, the horror indie games uh, that, that you know you get on Steam and stuff, they kind of capture that golden age quite well. But the more of the mainstream games, I think they're made for more of a... I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but they're made for a more generic audience. So yeah. they have to be not too sort of... Their narrative has to be quite wide to capture that audience because they've got to make their money back, haven't they? I started off with a ZX Spectrum and then moved on to an Amiga, but I didn't really have like horror games on any of those systems. I wasn't really into that sort of thing. It was really when 
like I say, when I got the PlayStation and that's when I asked, maybe that's why I think of it as like the best era, just because that's when I really got into gaming and started playing these like horror games. As, as I said earlier, Tom and I did a, an episode, it was a few episodes ago, we did a, an episode on some fairies and goblins, I think. Was it fairies and goblins? Yeah, fairies? gnomes, was gnomes, it? Something it. like that, yeah. I got some interesting um, messages from people, and some people told me their experiences, that they'd had weird experiences, which is always interesting to hear. Uh, what I would like is if more people write in and tell me their experiences, maybe Tom and I can get together and do a, a listener uh, episode where we go through listeners' experiences. That would be quite neat. Yeah, that'd be cool. If anybody has had any weird experiences, Go to um, paratalkpodcast.com and use the uh, the contact uh, sheet and send us a send us a message. But so yeah, we thought we'd get together and uh, do another short episode about some some other things which are uh, th- well, how can I put it? They're kind of like fairies, gnomes, but they're they're not. They're kind of a, a thing of their own because the way I see it, I'm no expert on this, but the way I see it, you've got your, you've got your fairy clan, you've got your your gnomes, your little gnome people, and you've got your your goblins. Now the goblins seem to be the the rougher kind of type, who are out for themselves. the The gnomes just seem to be just having a walk. They're out and about, all right there. You know they're having they're in the park. You might see him with his little hat on. And then you've got the fairies, which are a little bit mischievous, flying around, maybe take your car keys, because they know that you're going to go to the supermarket. And it'll be funny if you can't find your keys, and they can all laugh at you. So, we went from A to B, and we're going straight to C, because we want to talk about the goblins, because the goblins seem to be quite evil. Yeah. What Tom did is he compiled a list that we're going to go through. We're going to relay it to you, dear listener, and hopefully you're going to be in bed right now with your headphones on in total darkness. Some of these stories are a bit off the wall. And I, I did call this list the undeniable goblin evidence list. Undeniable. So, yeah. So I'll convince you of the existence of goblins. Yeah, they're, they're real. They are definitely out there. Um, well, uh, some of the stuff that I've heard in the last week by doing my educating myself on it a little bit more um i i've heard some witness accounts from other podcasts which we're going to cover a little bit later uh which are completely bizarre and if i lived in some of those places i wouldn't be living there now i would have moved out but anyway so uh the first story we're going to well story news report whatever you want to call it comes from i'm going to tell i'm going to say it's it's in a paper it's in a uk paper called um the mirror some people might think, oh, it's from a paper, it's all made up. Let's just, just bear with me, just just please. So, I'm going to do a little bit at the top. I'm just going to read it a minute. It says, A strange animal-like creature that the children think is supernatural can be seen in the footage before they scream and run away. So, I want to lay the ground in so that you've got a mental picture in your head. Children are out in the field, they're having a game of football, playing, and uh, one of them looks around and he sees this little tiny little creature over like watching him as if he's watching him play football maybe he's a football fan I don't know maybe goblins are football fanatics I don't know but he's watching them and they all scream and they all run away so this is the description that it goes with the the little phone video so it's like a potato phone so it's not very good quality it says uh, children can be heard screaming and running away after claiming they spotted a goblin near their football pitch the bizarre animal-like creature was spotted on video and could be seen creeping towards the youngsters as they played. Right, let me let me continue. There's a picture as well of this little of this field with this little black blob thing, which looks like a tiny, tiny little monkey man. What what do you think that looks like, Tom? Yeah, that's what I thought. Little. Yeah, I mean the still image. It's when you see it moving. You can't like the still image just looks like. A blob on a screen because mm. it's such low quality. It's you've got to really see it moving on the uh, the video to get a sense of what it is. Very strange. Anyway, I mean, as I continue, the boys are the boys are now too scared to play with their makeshift pitch uh, after their encounter with this odd beast. Uh, they ran off towards their homes in the Don Bosco 
three neighborhood in the city of Santiago del Estero. I must probably murdered that, but I apologize. Uh, in northern Argentina. And have vowed never to return. They vowed never to return. I bet they will, because they're young boys and they want to know. Uh, local media also described the strange figure as a goblin. Children's parents said that they were too frightened to return to the pitch and play football. Your thoughts on that, Tom? Well, I'm just I'm watching the video through now to get get a good sense of it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be a. It said it could be a monkey. It look it it. It's so hard to see. The footage is so um, grainy. Mm, it is low quality. See. Yeah. Um, could be a a baby monkey who was fell out of a tree. And his mum couldn't be bothered to come down because it was eating his dinner. And the monkey's there and it doesn't know what to do. So it sees the football and wants to hug it. And he comes towards the children. Children see it and they leg it. It's got a very strange gait. It's injured. It's just fell out of a tree, Tom. I suppose it could be. It could be. But it's got a very strange gait that I've seen in other videos of strange Uh, little creatures. There's one really old video. Of a, where someone claims they've seen a gnome or something walking down the street, and it's it's got a particular gait where it's it's sort of is it it's as if its upper body is sort of rocking from side to side as it walks forward. Um, kind of like I imagine if you grabbed a, a garden gnome and just sort of pretended to walk it down down the path or something, and you you sort of rock its body from side to side. As I'm watching the video, it's got a very similar sort of side-to-side sway as it's walking. Mm. Well, don't be worried, listeners, because I'm going to include all of the link of yeah. what we're talking about in the podcast so that you can you can watch along and listen yeah. along with us. It but, doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't seem like the kind of video where they've set it up for, like, a prank or to get, like, internet clout. Like, it doesn't seem like... It's not clear enough to really see the the creature, and it seems like they are just filming a football game, and then. Well, yeah, because it's not really, you know, it's not like they filmed in a particular area. They're just filming some kids playing football mm-hmm. on a on a well on wasteland, or, or it doesn't doesn't really look like a football pitch, but I don't know. Maybe lots of people play on there, and it's worn out. But and these the little things in the background, like I'm here, can I play? But it's moving. If it were just a, a blob in the background, you could say, oh, that's just a kid's rucksack that he put down and they then they just want to sell the video for $200 to the newspaper. They're not doing that. They ran off. They vowed never to return. So if it was a rucksack, yeah. they wouldn't get it back. Usually with stuff like this, the rubbish, more rubbish it is, the more likely it is it's going to be real. If you've got something that's absolutely mm. perfect, like you see some of these UFO videos that are going around on the old uh, Insta right now. And some of them are just like, that is so real. And then you think to yourself, okay, there is an argument there to say, well, phones are the technology. The phones are getting so good now. Of course, it's going to look so real because it, the phone technology is there to make it look good quality. And we haven't got potatoes in our pockets anymore. I'm on the fence with this. I reckon that could be... I'm not going to say it's a goblin, though. I don't know how they got the goblin. It says it right there in the headline. It's a goblin. Yeah, but they're telling you it's a goblin. Yeah. If they got scared and ran off... All right, okay, it's a goblin. Well, they're (laughs) going to call it a goblin. So, all right. So, I'm on the fence with the goblin. It's 50-50. It might be a goblin, or it might not be a goblin. I don't know. It it could be a monkey. It could be an injured baby monkey that fell out of the tree. If their monkey lives there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Did they have monkeys in Argentina? I'm really bad with geography and things. Uh, somebody will trust me. Somebody will correct us. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm keen to get jump onto the next. Uh, yeah. The the next one because this is an amazing another amazing headline. I I want a job working for this paper just doing headlines because this is a cops flee police station after goblin delivered in a suitcase. That's pretty amazing. Somebody comes into police station. With a suitcase, they open it, and there's a goblin in there. Apparently. And it's even got yep. a picture. Uh, it says, Fright Night, a goblin terrified police officers in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. This is going to be a good yeah. one. The, the picture, I should point out, is a 
some sort of like drawing. It looks like it's come from like a Dungeons and Dragons game <laughs> or something. It's not like a photograph of a goblin. It's, it's like a cartoon drawing. If I said, Tom, draw me a picture of a goblin, I'd expect that. Yeah. And also, I want you to draw me a picture of a goblin's uh, rat, pet rat, yeah. which is next to it. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let us um, uh, have a look at this. It says um, the bizarre creature, which had a terrible odor, was overpowered and burnt after wreaking havoc at the Nick in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. Hang on a minute. Let me just rewind there. Was overpowered and burnt. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty full on, isn't it? It's like. Not only are we going to overpower you, but we're actually going to burn you as well. Do you want to read this one or shall I read it? I can read it if you want. Over to you, Tom. Cops abandoned their nick, screaming in terror after they were confronted by a goblin. The mysterious creature was taken in a suitcase to the police station in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, by a family who said it belonged to their tenant. After the suitcase was opened, the critter jumped out of a bottle filled with blood causing police officers to scatter in all directions, with some even diving through the windows to escape. So it came out of a bottle of blood. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hooked now. I need more. So one unnamed cop told the Bulawayo News, we heard some screaming from the charge office and most officers who had knocked off rushed to see what was happening. At first everyone gathered around the suitcase wanting to see what was inside. No one told anyone until it was time to run. One minute the charge office was full, the next it was empty. I think some people went out through the windows because we could not have all fitted through the door. Fat cops and slim cops all ran for their lives screaming. Police officers present gave different accounts of how the goblins looked. Some said it looked like a snake with the head of a dog. Another said it was a dog with the scales of a pangolin. So it wasn't a classic goblin like they've drawn at the top there. It's some kind of chimera thing. Yeah. However, they all agreed that it smelt terrible. A traditional healer who attended the police station with the family was said to have overpowered the goblin and burned it. Police assistant inspector confirmed that the incident had taken place. So a police officer did indeed confirm that those events had happened. Right. Okay. Mm. So it popped out of a bottle filled with blood. It, yeah, it was, it was in a suitcase... And inside yeah. the suitcase was a bottle of blood, and inside that bottle was also a goblin that had the head of a snake and the body of a dog, or the other way around. That's a big bottle. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, unless it was, unless it was small. Oh, like a tiny miniature version. Yeah, or it was like a genie in a lamp, where it just sort of pops out and suddenly grows to full size. There you go. If you go back to the picture, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the editor, and. It, uh, a listener, if you if you're on the site as well, go back to the picture. I'm the editor, right? And I said uh, I said to you, Tom, because you work for me and you're the person that does all the art. I said, Tom, I've got this amazing story from Zimbabwe about a goblin that basically wreaks havoc in a police station and people jump out the window. It's like a, it's just it's like a movie. It's like a it's like a Jackie Chan film. It's like it's it's just it's like a movie. I want you to draw me a goblin, uh, uh -huh. and you and you go away. And you do your art and you come back and you give me the green goblin and i'm looking at it i go actually you, it's wrong but it's really good i want to yeah, use yeah. that it's more like a it's got a snake's head with a, a dog's body and you go okay i can give me the paperback and you go away and you come back and you've drawn a little baby like a rat snaky thing by next week is that like that i go yeah let's just run with it i'm right i just go with it so there you go there's the correction there so it's got the, it's got the, that, I'm saying it's more like that little thing there, a little creature next to it, rather than the big green goblin. Just done a little Google search of that image, and the Mirror have used it on multiple articles about goblins. There you go. So, uh, generic. So I think it's just a stock image that they've got, so sticking on any goblin news that they All might right. come across. You've just nullified my whole story there. Sorry. Just killed Sorry. me dead. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so this thing, it jumped out, and... <clears throat> It says on here, fat cops and slim cops all ran for their lives screaming. All right. Well, yeah. I would yeah. be a little bit upset uh, if I saw something that was completely as wacky as that. What um, I found interesting with this report was not so much the contents, but the way it's written. It's very loosely written. There's not a lot of yeah. detail. There's not a lot of, uh, how can I put it, yeah, information as to 
where it went. It just some a goblin came out. Everybody got scared and ran away. And then bloke turned up, and he he killed it and burnt it. And then mm-hmm. the story doesn't go any further. Not what happened. Was there any forensics or DNA testing? What I think's happened is this story's appeared in some Zimbabwean news website, and it's probably written in that in that way quite loosely and with not much information and. Mm. Chris Richard, who wrote this article, has just gone, right, copy-paste, that's a story. I'll tell you, it was a Friday afternoon, and Chris wanted to go home, because mm-hmm. he was knocking off at four, and he was like 20 to four, and he said, can you do this article? I got the picture, and he's yeah. like, really, now? So he just put it through Google Translate, and go, that'll do, because mm-hmm. there's no chat yeah. GPT then, it wasn't around, because this was way back yeah. in uh, 2014. 2014. So no chat. You couldn't just randomly generate some on chat GPT, which would be pretty cool. So yeah, that's what happened there, that one. Uh, my skepticism on that one is quite high. I don't yeah. know if that actually happened or not. No, I mean, the fact that it was burnt by the traditional healer, would they not have some undeniable goblin remains that they could like hand over to the scientists to do tests test, on? Yeah. Was it just burnt to a complete crisp? I, I, I don't know. Well, I think the next one is from the same news people, Bulawayo Twenty Four News. Yeah, this is this is like it's a goblin, it's a goblin <laughs> hotspot, I hot think, Bulawayo. But I mean, it's pretty. Uh, this this next one is pretty straightforward. Uh, man yeah. dies in goblin exorcism ritual. I mean, that's mm. I've, I've never heard of that before. Seventy-two-year-old um, man from Gokui died under mysterious circumstances. Well, they're not mysterious because we know how he died in an exorcism. Mm-hmm. A 70-year-old man died under mysterious circumstances after a traditional healer from Chippeningi. I'm, I'm getting it all wrong, but I'm just uh, I'm phonetically saying it. Allegedly destroyed his goblin. His goblin. Members mm-hmm. of the family are yet to come to terms with the death of Punish Malangwa, who died immediately after the alleged destruction of the goblin. Right, so they killed the goblin and the man died. Okay, mm-hmm. so there was some sort of maybe connection there. The family have sought the, sought the services of a witch doctor for, from suspecting that the neighbours were responsible for inflicting illness on their father, Punish. Events, however, took a tragic turn for the worst when the, the healer man, we're going to call him the healer man, uh, claimed Malango's illness was of his own making and it was impossible to heal him unless the goblin was removed. So uh, it's more of a getting into kind of like a, a symbiotic thing here where the goblin was inside of him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They thought it was the neighbours inflicting mm-hmm. some kind of, I guess, like witchcraft on the, on on Poonish, and the, the healer said it was actually Poonish doing it to himself uh, with a goblin that was inside him. Right. Okay, so the traditional human dare talked for removing the goblin would, however, have dire consequences as the father would die. According to the deceased's wife, I'm going to call her Sylvia, just for the sake of it, Poonish started vomiting blood and died 15 minutes after the goblin had been destroyed. The healer was tracked and caught at Gorley Centre, which he had gone to assist another family. Okay, so the healer is the guy that is the bad man here. Well, it, it it doesn't make much sense, this story. It says... Yeah, it says it was buried at his homestead last week. So the chap who died, the unfortunate fellow that had the goblin in him and died, was buried... Well, it's quite sad, really, but... It is, it is sad. It also doesn't make much sense because it says that the healer told him that the illness was his own making and it was it would be... Un- impossible to heal him unless the goblin was removed, but then said that you'll die if the goblin's removed. Yeah. So and then he and then he removed the goblin and he died. And he so died. I don't really understand this story. I feel like there's something lost here. That would it be like um, he did some sort of uh, psychic surgery on him, on him where they, you know, you're not going to feel this. I'm going to cut you wide open, but you're not going to feel it. Just, just think yeah. about other things, and then he, oh, I'm, I'm dead, you know. Maybe, or maybe they give him some kind of strange potion to drink, and yeah, drink this cup of mud, hay, and lemonade. They had some sort of adverse effect, and then he said, "I'm sorry he died, but I've got another client. I'm off." Yeah, 
I got rid of your goblin problem at yeah, least. Yeah, the goblin's gone. That's the positive thing. The goblin is dead, but so is Paul Punji, which is yeah. pretty horrible. I mean... It is horrible. I, I'm, I'm laughing a bit, but not not the yeah. guy's death. Just no, just yeah. the way that it's... The way it's conveyed, it's like, you know, some guy turns up and gives you something, and you're like, yeah, I'm trusting you, and then I've got something, and he says you've got a goblin in you, and you're like, well, hang on a minute, what are you on about? So yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. That's a bit uh, they're, they're a bit disturbing that there are people out there, but there are people out there that, that you know that do stuff like that. I just hope I never got a goblin in me. That'd be horrible. And I don't drink it. I'm not drinking it. I'm not drinking it. Take it away. Uh, okay. So um, before we end this episode, and I can hear everybody now sighing because they don't want us to stop talking. Uh, <laughs> I want to uh, just touch touch on a couple of um, fairy goblin things that we talked about in the week because you sent me a link to a podcast which i found uh i have to look it up now i've gone uh, just bear with me i've got a i haven't i want to i want to give the name of, i'll put the link it's the modern fairy sightings that's podcast. it a mary yeah modern that's the one i'll put a link in the um in the show notes yeah. to uh to it you need to check it out people because it's got some some wacky experiences from people that actually call in and i guess and talk, tell about it but there's, there's this one. Uh, I'm only going to go over it loosely. Go listen to the episode because it's brilliant. But there's the the one that you sent me was the lady f that lived in a London f apartment. Uh, it, I think it was in the 80s. She noticed that she wasn't alone and the things would go missing. Little thing. Her first encounter with these little people, these little goblin people, she was in the toilet and she was sat on the toilet just chilling. Toilet door was open. And as she looked down, she saw these two little people, like the size of like a, a doll, uh, look round the corner of the door at her. And she looked straight at them. And her first immediate thought was, what on earth is that? And then she realized it was two people. She got the opinion and the impression that they believed that she couldn't see them. And then she kind of yeah. made a, a gesture like, you know, what are you? And they realised, oh my God, that she can see us. And they died back behind the uh, uh, the door and they were gone. So she finished what she was yeah. doing and got up and looked around. She couldn't find anything. And then sometime later, she was in her, was she in her bedroom? The lights were off, but it was there was a little bit of light in the room. And she noticed something on her curtain, like a shadow, which slowly moved down the curtain. And it took the form of a, a being. It went onto the floor. And then she noticed others that were on a, the back of a sofa or a chair in the, in the bedroom. And they all slowly moved over the chair and climbed up onto the bed and came up onto her. Didn't they? And they, was, uh, and they were like, uh, they were tickling her. She said they were, she was being tickled. And then she kind of realized that these were like little people. It, this kind of went on and uh, she, she eventually moved and vacated the property but people said uh, she mentioned that someone else said to her oh have you um had anything weird going in your apartment and apparently this is an old building it's an old victorian building and that uh, she believes that these people live in the building either inside the building or somewhere around that area so yeah what do you think of that story it's, it's very yeah. unsettling isn't it yeah I've, from what i remember she spoke to the the woman who lived there before her yeah and the woman said well you know that and she didn't even mention these creatures she was just said oh you know it's a bit strange in there and she was like you know you know that elves can live in houses or something something along those lines she said you know that you know that you know that places can have elves and it was just such a strange thing to come out with after she'd seen these creatures and she hadn't mentioned it to this woman and and she does uh in in the podcast she describes the the creatures she saw, she saw, yeah. and they sound exactly like your classic goblins. They had like green skin and like the long nose and the chin and the sort of evil features. And she got the impression that they were kind of, I, I don't know, like like she just got a sense of like sort of a mischievous but also kind of evil and negative energy from them. Like mm. she just. You know, from the sight of their faces, she just like you know, she knew that she didn't want them around. Yeah, it's a very creepy story. Well, they they seemed like uh, 
funny, mischievous uh, kind of little people that were up for a bit of fun and uh, they liked to hide stuff and make a bit of noise and keep you guessing. But this this other story that I that you sent me that I read, this is a little bit different because this is a story that uh, happened in the Gold, on the Gold Coast of Queensland in 1984. And this happened to a yeah. woman who was, she'd recently gone through a divorce. Uh, she had a couple of kids. She'd gone through some therapy because she had to go on some, I think it was a business trip, but she was quite terrified of flying. So um, the, 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 the doctor gave her some tablets to calm her. She went on her business trip. Everything was fine. She had a great time. Came back early, or slightly early. When she came back, her children were being looked after by a, um, a, a relation or a friend. They were staying with them for the time, so they weren't in the home. She, at the time when she returned, she had the evening to herself. And she went back yeah. to her house. She didn't live in a very large house, but it was um, big enough for a small family. She decided that, relax and have a sleep the interesting thing there just to cut in because i've got like i've got two versions of this story okay like she must have written into 14 times with the story right yeah and it's, it's not a different version it's just that it's the the, the 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 two accounts contain slightly different um details and she'd been she'd float flown back from wherever she'd been and mm. she'd you know the flights have been quite long and she had slept through those whole flights. Yeah. So she was really well rested. Yeah. And she got back home and she was looking forward to just sitting watching TV and she made herself a cup of tea. She she wasn't actually like tired or anything. No. And that was when she she, she noticed the lights in the room were brighter than yeah. usual. Yeah, yeah. She sudden and suddenly she felt really sleepy. Yeah. All of a sudden it just came over. But she'd been sleeping for hours. She was completely rested and she was looking forward to a, a night without the kids just sitting up watching T V and, you know, enjoying herself, relaxing. And it was all of a sudden this this needed lie down over. Yeah. 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 Um that 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 feeling came over that needed a sleep mm. feeling and she became yeah. very exhausted and tired and it wasn't like she she actually felt like she was going to uh, pass out. She led on her bed, but she yeah. led face down, didn't she? She went sort of down onto her bed, and she was wearing her shoes. As she was led on her bed, she felt very relaxed, but she was conscious and awake. But she was more concerned about her shoes marking the duvet cover of her bed. Yeah. And so she kind of moved her head down to look to where his shoes were and her full body was on the bed and as she looked down she noticed the the wardrobe door was open and uh, did the little people come out of the wardrobe didn't they I, I think at first she did fall like she did fall asleep she she did that she lay down on the bed and she, you know she made sure her feet weren't on because she still yeah. had her shoes on she made sure her feet were sort of hanging off the edge of the bed a bit so she didn't like mess up the, the sheets and then it says, I must have lost consciousness. So she did sort of lose some time there. She must have fell asleep or blacked out. And then she wakes up. She says, next I knew I could hear the sound of several voices. They were argumentative voices and they seemed to be telling each other to hurry, hurry, hurry. And that's when she lifts her head and she sees a load of very small people. And they're all sort of coming out of a wardrobe and sort of surrounding her body. The story I've heard described them as gnomes, but mm. when you read through the description, it doesn't sound like gnomes. No. They, they, they are, they're little people, but they're not, they haven't got beards. Their faces are sort of like squashed and their, their features are all sort of a bit sort of squashed up and, you know, they look like they've been compressed, mm. but they don't sound like gnomes with like the white beards and the red hats. They're just sort of strange dwarf-like creatures of some sort. She she describes the faces of being very weathered, very yeah. like they work outside, very leathery, and yeah, uh, yeah. the um, there was there was males there and females. They were dressed in a very simple clothing. Well, the clothing was simple, but it, she also describes the clothing as clothing that like they were wearing too much clothes for the for the yeah, yeah. For the climate that they they she was in. So they it looked like they were dressed for a very cold climate. There were some younger 
males there who seemed to be quite nervous uh, in the group. The women, the females, seemed to be giggling and finding it all very funny. She later recalls that she thinks that they weren't, they were a bit simple. You know, they weren't very sort of with it. But then the most creepy thing happened was they all started to try and pull her off the bed and yeah, towards the wardrobe. Yeah, uh, she she sort of black she she sort of um, comes in and out of conscious a few times, and it, from reading the story, it sounds like each time she wakes up, she's slightly closer. Or wait, one minute her head's up by the headboard, and then she blacks out, and she wakes up again, and she's turned around. It's like her head's the other way around, and then she blacks out again, and she's back the right way up. It's as if they're sort of turning around. Yeah, and um, and then she wakes up the final time and she's halfway off the bed and it's like they're all around us sort of trying to push her off the bed and she knows that any minute like it's like they're just trying to get the the, the they're balance, trying to get yeah, the mom- yeah they're yeah. trying to unbalance her body and as soon as she's off the bed she knows they've got me then you know they're gonna just drag me into that cupboard and like she she just knows that that's that's the moment mm. that that that's what they're trying to do but it's interesting because all the time she wakes up and sees these people, it's like she's got a calmness over her. She's yeah. just sort of observing it, and it's as if they know because one, like they make eye contact with her, and it's as if there's some sort of connection there, and that they're, they're sort of calming her down, and you know, so that she sort of doesn't really think that anything's out of the ordinary, and she just sort of goes along with it. It's, it's sort of like a strange, maybe almost like a psychic connection with them. She first sees them. There's like a leader, an older one, a bigger one. Yeah. And he gets up onto the bed and looks straight direct, directly into her eyes and stares straight yeah. out. And she feels she feels really calm. And and later on, he comes back to her and looks at her, but he's only looking with one eye. In her mind, she's like, "Well, I'm I'll be all right here because they're not going to get me off the bed, so I'm I'm cool." Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you'd think, yeah, I mean, but the thing was that when she got to the point where she felt that any minute now I'm going to lose consciousness and they're just going to roll me off onto the floor and I'm done. That was the catalyst where she kind of broke free, didn't she? Yeah, she got like a surge of adrenaline and jumped up on her feet and just realised, like, oh my God, what's going on? Like, <laughs> why, why are these dwarf people trying to drag me into a cupboard? Now, you would have thought with that, right? And at the time, she still says she wasn't frightened. She wasn't uh, fearful. She was angry. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Who are you? And they all kind of stood around. And huffed and puffed, like, ugh. And then they all just marched slowly back into the wardrobe. And she mm-hmm. watched them go into the wardrobe. And they kind of went into this kind of, there was a slide that they went into. Like a, they all went, zoop, zoop, you know, down into this. Yeah, it, yeah, it's as if they were going into the ground. Yeah. Like there was a slope downwards. And she walked into the out of her bedroom, into the hallway. And then all of a sudden... She had this massive anxiety attack of fear and she just had to get out of the house. And she rang her colleague, who later become became her husband, I think. She rang her colleague and said, please come to my house right now. She wouldn't go back in her house. She ran outside and she waited outside. The guy came, picked her up and he didn't want to know about it. He didn't, they didn't talk about it. He drove her back to her, his house where she, he gave her the bed and she couldn't get warm. She was freezing cold, but she realises now, later on, that that must have been some form of shock where she yeah, couldn't get warm. Yeah. And she wouldn't let the guy out of the room or out of her sight. She wanted him to stay in the room until, you know, she woke up in the morning and that was it. And he did, but the thing, weird thing was, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to know about it. It's like, I don't want to know. So, what do you think yeah. was happening there? What was him not wanting to know? Yeah. To know, I mean, it was just something so out of the ordinary that he just couldn't handle it. But I've, I've heard that with other, um, with people who have encountered aliens and things, there's, there's, there's sometimes certain people who just won't accept it and mm. they just, it's almost like there's something that will block it out from their, mem- from their mind and they, 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 they just won't. Like I've heard stories of like where there's two people and they've seen something really strange 
And the other one of the people will just say like, "No, I'm not talking about it. I won't. I won't accept it." And they just, they just refuse to elaborate on it. They refuse to ever discuss it again. And the other person knows that they've seen something, but they just can't get it out of them. Mm. Uh, it's, I don't know. Aliens, but, alien abduction. It's very similar, isn't it? Yeah, and I find the I find the end of that story like the because. For most of that tale, you could just say, "Oh, she's having a bad dream." You know, I've I've woken up and seen strange things, and it's just turned out to be a bit of a like a night terror type situation. Yeah. I think, uh, but it's the fact that at the end she wakes up, she stands up on her feet, and she watches these creatures go into the cupboard and disappear. Mm, yeah, and if it was a dream, you'd think, "Oh, well, then she'd wake up, or then she'd go back to sleep, and then she'd wake up, and there'd be nothing there." But She's still on her feet. She's watched these things go away and she's still awake and she goes down in, you know, she goes and calls her friends. So she's been awake this whole time. She doesn't, there's no point where, like I say, she would wake up from it if it was a dream, but she's, she's fully awake and she's seen these creatures disappear. And then the, the rest of the, like the rest of the encounter goes on, but she goes and calls a friend. I find that bit really interesting because. You know, most stories don't end that way. If it's if it is just a dream or a hallucination, it seems like it's, it was like absolutely vivid, and she was fully awake, especially at the end there. Well, there's, I mean, that's one of many. I mean, there are many uh, on that podcast. There are many people that uh, she talks to that have had some very peculiar experiences, and I I would suggest anyone. I'll put the link in the uh, the show notes, but. Go and listen to some of those episodes. They are completely bizarre. You, in a way, they're hard to believe. Um, you'd think, well, but there are so many people that are having these experiences that, you know, the numbers, it's the numbers of people. I mean, I've never experienced anything like like that, but um, I think that anyone that did could be quite unsettling, especially when it's something like that. I mean, how fascinating. The little, little people that live in your house and you, you don't know, even know they're there. And they creep around at yeah, night, and yeah. when you lose your keys, that's because they've hidden them because they think it's funny. Yeah, but a lot, a lot of the stories that I have have heard of that nature, especially ones where people wake up and they see something. Like I say, I've heard a few stories of people waking up and seeing gnomes around them, but they usually end with them going back to sleep because yeah. it's like they they wake up and they see something, and then they for some reason just think it's normal and go back to sleep, and then when they wake up, it's gone. And in situations like that, you think, well. I'm not, I'm not saying it's definitely a dream, but it, it could be written off as a dream because there's no way, way to prove it. But like I say, this one where she stays awake and watches them disappear and she's still awake at the end of it. It's uh, quite interesting. Well, I think we've come to the end of this episode. But all I can say that is when you wake up in the middle of the night and it's completely dark and you hear that rustling sound, maybe oh. maybe it's a little goblin man. Maybe he's... Uh, a little, a little goblin family that's uh, moved in, and you don't even know they live in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But who knows? So uh, anyway, Tom, what, what's, what's next for a Shrouded Hand channel? Have you got any new uh, videos coming? So I've got some things in the works, but I think I'm going to be held up. It's one of them things. Whatever you do, I'm sure it's going to be uh, off the wall and a little bit of yeah. a head scratcher. Yeah, I've got. I'm researching one at the minute, and it's. Um, I can't remember the name of the case, and it's. You you probably have heard of it. It's a poltergeist case that took place. I think it was in Germany, and it was in like a lawyer's office. Yep, uh, making had a lot of random phone calls and all yeah, case, yeah. And a, sing, a girl, uh, a sec, uh, girl worked in a. I think it was a typing office, a secretary office, typing office. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Uh, quite a well documented case. That yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting. One. So I'm I'm researching that for a video at the minute. It's uh, quite I, I don't know. I find these things interesting, and especially like that when there's that, there's a lot of witnesses, and mm -hmm. they're all quite sensible people, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff to document, like a lot of stuff to back it up. Like yeah. there's a lot of records. Like they did all these tests on the ele on the electrics, and they've Phone got all the in. Yeah, they've got all the phone records, yep. and they've got they've got all these phone calls going out, and it it was like impossible for people to make those phone calls in that time or something like that. It's it's interesting, but I'm still in the process of researching that one, so I might there might be a video coming out on that case. Excellent. Oh well, thanks for joining me on this one. That was a uh, that was a fun that was a fun chat about um, 
creepy goblins it was uh i'm sure there'll be a part three and i will have to do another one because there's there's so much stuff out there but um uh thanks for everyone listening um as i say um look in the uh show notes and you'll find all everything that we was talking about because there was some uh and also check out that podcast because there are some uh interesting uh, uh other cases on there and don't forget to uh check out uh tom's uh gaming channel because he's got a uh, Lots of uh, a cool retro horror on there, which uh, I, well, I do enjoy, but I'm sure you will as well. But uh, until the next episode, thanks, Tom, for joining me, and uh, thanks to everyone for listening. See you soon. Bye. Bye.